Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. We're continuing on our little mini series, I guess you could say, Grace Upon Grace. This might be the the last part of it. I'm not really sure, but bless God. I just want to be obedient to the Lord and and let him uh, do his thing. Amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. The Bible says here, For if that first covenant had been free of fault, no circumstances would have been sought for a second. Come on, somebody. For in finding fault with the people, he says, Behold, days are coming, says the Lord. By the way, we're living in those days when I will bring about a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant, and I did not care about them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. Somebody give God praise. And I will be their God and they shall be my people and they will not teach one another his fellow citizens and each one his brother saying now know the Lord for they will all know me. Come on. How many of you know that you can have a relationship with God? Come on. You ain't got to go to a priest and confess your sins. Help me Holy Ghost. Each one his brother saying, know the Lord, for they will all know me. The pastor ain't the only one that gets to know the Lord. From the least to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their wrongdoings and their sins I will remember no more. When he said a new covenant, he made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete is growing old and is about to disappear. Father, in the name of Jesus, help me for a couple of moments. Bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, and the church said amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So as we get started today, we are going to be going through a lot of scripture real quick. And I'm going to be doing a lot of teaching um, today and not so much preaching. That's what happens when you see pastor put on the headset. He ain't preaching, he's teaching. I'm trying to learn you something for a couple of moments. Come on. Pastor, look all professional and put on the headset. It's because I'm trying to teach you something. Amen. So we have been on this journey talking about God's grace, and it started, we started out with the real life examples of Jesus instituting and showing this scandalous grace. We've talked about it being God's new system. Come on, somebody. We talked about this being God's new system. And when I say system, really what I mean is this is God's new covenant. This is God's covenant between mankind and him. This is God's covenant. And when I say a new system, it's what I mean. It's God's covenant with his people. It's not a contract, but a covenant. Touch your neighbor and say, it's a covenant, not a contract. It's a covenant, not a contract. Come on, somebody. Contracts get breached all the time. Contracts get broken all the time. But covenants can't be broken. Come on. A covenant is a sacred thing, usually written in blood. We understand the covenant of marriage is to reflect our covenant with God. Not meaning to be graphic in here. I know we got kids, but this is why a woman bleeds on her first night with her husband. It's a covenant. 
It is a covenant. Blood ties things together on a, it is a covenant. By the way, we need to start making, we need to stop making this weird and start talking about these type things in the house of God because the world's going to teach our kids. So why don't we teach our kids? Do you understand that when a family got married in Jewish, I don't know why, but I'm going here. In the Jewish custom and the culture, when there was a marriage, it was a, it was like a seven to two week type uh, party and festival. And at, at the, at that night of the marriage, they would hang the sheet in front of the tent that had blood on it. And everybody passed by and touched it. Y'all freaking out now, ain't you? Because it, it was a sacred thing. We have distorted marriage. We, we, we have butchered marriage in the nation of America. Come on. We've got to get this thing back right. It's a covenant, y'all. It is a sacred thing. And it's supposed to be a reflection of God's covenant with mankind. Amen. So... We have, we had this covenant, which was the law, but there was actually a promise given to Abraham before the law happened. This promise was given about 400 years before the law was given. The promise that was given to Abraham was, I am going to give you a son and I am going to make you the father of a great nation. And you're going to be the father of a great nation. Amen. You will be the father of, the, of a great nation. And you will be justified, and he was justified by faith. He said, your seed would be as numerous as the stars of the sky. And Abraham believed him, and the Bible says that he was justified by faith. That was the first covenant. That was the first promise that God ever instituted, justified by faith. Abraham was justified by faith. So being justified by faith is the first promise. The law wasn't the first promise. The first promise was to be justified by faith. And how many of you know God never changes? Come on, somebody. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It takes, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Come on, somebody. The covenant of grace is, is all has to do with the covenant of faith as well. Watch this. So being justified by faith is the first promise, and it always was the Lord's first plan. God is not a man that he should lie. So when he told Abraham, you are justified by this and all your children will be justified by this. By faith, I will graft and choose into the, to the nation of Israel, the Gentiles as well. By what? By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. Watch this, Romans 7. God reveals our sin through the law. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would have never known that coveting is wrong if I had not said, if it had not said, you must not covet. We got this on the screen, right? But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there was no law, then sin would have no power. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me, but still the law itself is holy and its commands are holy, right, and good. But how can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause me death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses good commands for its own evil purposes. The law, your Bible, the commands of God are not what's bad. It's you. 
Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So the law was given to reveal your sin, but also because the law, condemnation was tied to it because we couldn't keep it all. God wanted to institute a new covenant, grace through faith. And we really need to pay attention to this chain of command, grace through faith. Watch this. You don't get to grace if you don't have faith. Come on, somebody. And there's also another piece of the puzzle that I'm going to get to here shortly. So the old covenant of the law and having trying to be perfect and following 10 commandments and 613 laws for salvation is now obsolete is what the Bible just said. The law, the old way of doing things, being, being a good little boy and a good little girl and following all the rules is not what saves you anymore. It's being voided. It's no longer active. It is now obsolete because of what Jesus did on Calvary and becoming the propitiation for your sin and for my sin. Come on. Once and for all, sacrifice is what Jesus did on that cross. The spotless lamb was slain. The one who carried the blood that speaks a better word. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The one who would usher in the new covenant. The one who paid it all come on the one who was beaten and bruised for your transgressions come on the one who was full of grace and truth the one who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus he was born of a virgin wrapped in flesh and under the law he was born of a virgin wrapped in flesh and under the law so that he could defeat sin and defeat all sin and all death that we were held under the curse of the law and watch this Give us his spirit. Come on. He gave us his spirit. I wonder, do I got any blood-bought Christians in the room that's thankful for the grace of God, that's thankful for the blood of Jesus, that's thankful that you ain't got to be perfect and have it all put together, but the grace and the blood of Jesus speaks a better word over your life. Come on. You ain't got to be perfect because he was perfect. All you have to do is have some faith. Come on. Then get to the point of grace and let grace of the grace of God produce righteousness in your heart. If you're thankful for the grace of God, could you make a little noise this morning? So we are under the new covenant of grace and not law anymore. There was nothing wrong with the law. The law showed us our sin. That's what Paul is talking about. He says, I would have never known coveting was a sin if God didn't give us the law to show me it was sin. In other words, we would never know that murder, lying, cheating, stealing, disrespecting your mama, disrespecting your daddy. Come on, I'm speaking the Ten Commandments in the hood version. You, you, you would have never known sin if God didn't give you the law. You would have never known what God wanted from his people. Come on. It wasn't the law that was sin. It was us. Touch your neighbor and say, you're the problem. <laughs> touch your other neighbor acting holy and say, you really the problem. And, and touch your other neighbor and tell him it's all right. Jesus fixed it. Come on. Jesus fixed it. Jesus fixed it. <laughs> Y'all want to hear just a little bit more. I'm telling y'all, I'm not going to preach for an hour today. I got called out on social media this week, Stacey, about preaching an hour. <laughs> Come on, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Freedom in Christ. This is where my wife picked up just a minute ago, Galatians 5, verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Watch this. Now make sure that you stay free. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to preach that in a minute. 
Christ has set you free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up in the slavery once again of the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. I just said it. It's like there was 613 of them, y'all. And if you didn't follow one of them, you wasn't right. And you had to go slay a bull or some pigeons and cut them open and blood everywhere. Come on. I'm glad we ain't got to do that in the altar no more. Praise God. I couldn't handle it. I ain't got the stomach for all that. But watch this. He says, for if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ and you have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the spirit eagerly wait. Come on. We who live by the spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness of God that was promised to us. For we place our faith in Christ Jesus. There is no benefit of being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Faith expressing itself in love. Faith and works. Come on, there it goes. Faith and expressing itself in love. Faith mixed with living right, doing right, doing what God's called you to do. But watch this Galatians 5.1 says, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And it has a twofold meaning. It says here that Christ has made us free. Now stay free. Christ has made you free. Now stay free. Hold on. You're going to get it in a minute. Christ has made you free. Now go ahead and stay free. Christ has made you free. Now go ahead and stay free. I'm saying that the, the, the scripture is twofold because I want to tell you something real quick. Christ set you free, but it's up to you whether you're going to stay free. Come on, somebody. Stop expecting Christ to keep you free when you keep putting yourself in bad situations. Stop expecting Christ to make you free when you keep putting yourself in bad situations. Let me say it again. Stop expecting Christ to keep you free when you keep putting yourself in bad situations. Get out of the bedroom. Come on, somebody. Stop watching. The, if you if you ain't married stop watching the movies at night sharing the same blanket it never gonna end well come on so oh i'm one of them real preachers just wave at me if you're all right come on somebody like christ has set you free now stay free you got an addiction get out the pill bottle and the pill cabinet come on somebody if you have an addiction to alcohol stay out the liquor store and stay out the gas station if you need to whatever you've got to christ has made you free now it's up to you to stay free You've got to let that knowledge hit your heart and hit your mind. Christ has set you free from sexual immorality. Now stay free. Put some boundaries up. Come on. Come on. Christ has set you free from pornography, but you might need to get covenant eyes on your phone or your computer so you can stay free. Come on, somebody. Wave at me again. I'm just a real preacher. Come on. We got to talk. We got to talk about this stuff. Christ has made you free. Now stay free. Christ has made you free. Now it's up to you to stay free. Also with this situation, Paul is talking about the law. He is also stating Christ has made you free. So it's up to you to stay free. Christ has given you the grace. Now it's up to you to keep walking in grace. Christ has given you the grace. But you can, you can bound yourself up in legalism and, and perfection and thinking you got to be perfect and beating and condemning yourself or letting others do that to you. When Christ has set you free, there's no going back to the law. 
Paul is also talking about the old covenant and following the law. Christ has truly set us free from following the law and the regulations. In Galatians 4, he says he would begin, he says, why would you begin to go back or following the observations the observa- uh, observing rituals like special days, celebrations of new moon, annual festivals, and sacred years. And what Paul is talking about that is all the regulations in the law. Why, why would you go back and do all of those things when Christ has set you free from that? By the way, can I say this too? The new covenant of grace doesn't mean that you don't have to live right. Let that soak. Let it soak. The covenant of grace does not mean that you don't live right. The new covenant is about doing away with the law and the regulations to be right. Can it help us today? It's a whole lot easier to be than to do. You need a revelation of your right standing with God, and then you have that internally happen, and outwardly you will reflect it. It did away with the sacrificial system because he was the ultimate sacrifice. Come on, somebody. Now, every time you sin, you don't have to bring a burnt offering or slay a pigeon, doves, or a lamb up here in the altar. I said that a second ago. Come on. We have a lot to be thankful for in the new covenant. But this, is, but this was to do away with that so that we could walk in grace. It was to do away with the law so that we could walk in grace. And when we walk in grace, his law is written on our hearts and written on our spirits. That's why you ain't got to know all of the Bible to know that you're doing something wrong when you're doing something wrong. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit reveals those things. When we walk in grace, his law is written on our hearts is what the Bible says. It's the right thing and right living that's in the way of our heart. We have the Holy Spirit convicting us and telling us how to live and telling us and showing us the path, telling us the things to say and the things not to say. Come on, somebody showing us the things to do and showing us the things not to do. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Come on. Is anybody thankful for the new covenant? Make a little noise. Christ has set you free. So don't go back to it. Watch this, Galatians 5.13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, so don't use that freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use that freedom to love one another. Oh, come on, somebody. That's good. Here again, Paul is proving that grace is not a license to sin, but it's a license to produce love. Come on, somebody. I told you last week, you cannot give what you don't have. If you don't have a revelation of this scandalous grace of God, you'll never be able to give it to anybody else. Come on, the grace of God is full of love. Come on, somebody. We should use this grace for love, to love one another, to provoke one another, to love and good works. Come on, Paul says here, you have been made free, but don't use this freedom to get in your flesh. You're free from having to be perfect. Come on, you're free from having to follow 613 laws. You're free from the sacrificial system. You are free from being made right with God by your good behavior. Come on, but don't you dare use this freedom to get in your flesh. Come on, somebody. Come on, don't you dare use the freedom and the liberty that God has given you to get in your flesh. When you get in your flesh, we've talked about this before, you become food for the lion. Beware, be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. When you get in your flesh, guess what? You become food for the lion, and he will tear you up. Watch this, Galatians 5.16. How do we fix this, right? 
How do we fix this? How do we make sure that we're walking in the spirit? How do we make sure that we're not getting in our flesh and we're walking in the grace of God, which will produce the righteousness of God? I'm glad you asked. Here we go. Galatians 5, 16. But I say walk by the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. For the the desire of the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing from doing whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Oh, come on, somebody. That right there is good. That that, that right there is good. Did y'all catch that? Did you catch what? If you walk by the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Again, this is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the world. Walk by the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Come on, somebody. What is the answer to not walk in the flesh and to not produce what the flesh wants to and to walk in grace, which in return can help you walk out righteousness and holiness before a holy God? For without holiness, you will not see God. That's right. The answer is the Holy Ghost. Walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And what this is talking about, you have to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Ghost. Come on. It's the Holy Ghost that'll keep you from yelling and cussing people out. Come on. It's the Holy Ghost that'll have you living right. It's the Holy Ghost that'll keep you from sleeping around and acting crazy. It's the Holy Ghost that will produce goodness and kindness and all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Come on. It is the Holy Spirit of God and an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that will keep you from getting in your flesh come on which in return will have you walking in a grace that will carry you it's that same grace that saved you it's the same grace that will carry you it takes the holy spirit that's the answer that's the answer grace through faith enables you to carry the holy spirit come on You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost to walk in power and not do what your flesh wants. Come on, it takes the Holy Ghost to break off the bad relationship that you have no business being in. It takes the Holy Ghost to remove yourself from sexual immorality. It takes the Holy Ghost to remove you from being prideful and arrogant and self-centered. It takes the Holy Ghost to remove you from materialism. It takes the Holy Ghost to remove idols from your life. It takes the Holy Ghost to get you to stop manipulating others. It takes the Holy Ghost to get you to stop being jealous of what everybody has and coveting and wanting what everybody else has and being jealous and not being uh not celebrating the wins of others it takes the holy ghost to stop lying cheating and stealing come on somebody it takes the holy ghost for these things the answer to not fulfilling your flesh and the carnal mind of what it wants to do is an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because when you do, you are able to hear his voice. And if you are able to hear his voice, you can do what he tells you to do. And if you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, you will always produce holiness and righteousness in your life. Why? Because it's the only force in the universe that can get you to do that. Your flesh will never produce holiness and righteousness, but the spirit of God at work within you would do so. That's what the scripture said. Y'all know that little cartoon with the angel on this side and the devil on this side? That's what that scripture is talking. That's where they got that from. The Holy Spirit is always telling you what to do, but your flesh and your carnal mind will always be opposite of what God wants you to do. Some of you might be asking, well, what's the works of the flesh? getting in my flesh. What's the works of the flesh? I like how the passion 
translation writes this. Let's read this real quick. The behavior, they call it the self-life, but what it, what it is is the flesh that I've been reading. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessing of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all of the similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? I'm not talking about making a mistake with one of those things, but these things being a way of life. That's what the Bible is talking about there. Not that you made a mistake with one of those things. Not that that's something that you had, had fallen into, but is that your way of lifestyle? And if that's your way of lifestyle, you've never had an encounter with the grace of God and the faith of God that will produce righteousness and holiness in your life and keep you from these things as a lifestyle. So now we know what the flesh produces but we're going to be mature believers. Come on, somebody. I, I, I want to pastor a group of mature believers in this church. So we're going to talk about, we're not going to focus on all those negative things. Watch this, because I'm just a firm believer. If you pe preach Christ and him crucified in the death, burial, and resurrection, and you lift up Jesus, then all men will be drawn unto him. Come on, we ain't got to be sin consciousness. We need to be Jesus consciousness. And if we're Jesus conscious, filled with the Holy Ghost, we'll produce all the opposite of those things things that I just read. So watch this. And I'm almost, I'm almost done. I'm about to close. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh, their passions, and their desires. This is the point of what Paul is talking about in the whole book of Galatians. By grace, you have been saved through faith. Faith hits your heart, mind, and spirit. The grace of God covers you, and now you have been, you have been qualified and made worthy to carry something that the world around you doesn't have. And what is it that the world around you doesn't have? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the spirit of the living God. The, church, the, the world around you doesn't have that, but the church is supposed to have that. And if the church has that, then we produce kindness, goodness, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. Come on. We've been qualified to carry the spirit of the living God. The spirit of the living God doesn't produce wickedness and evil behaviors and lifestyles, but it produces good behavior and lifestyles, and the spirit produces love. Come on, somebody. Love that will help you love the unlovable. Love that will help you forgive the unforgivable. Come on. That's what the Holy Spirit of God can do, can do for you. That first word that the Bible uses there is agape, love, joy, peace, agape. Agape meaning unconditional we, it's not an American thing. It's all around the world. It, it, it's, I did this for you. What you going to do for me? That, that's not agape. Agape love says that I'm going to love you no matter what you do for me. And watch this too. Love is an action. It's not a feeling. 
We got to get over that in America too. Love is an action. That's why Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commands. I can say that I love my wife, but if I go home, smack her around, beat her up and cheat on her, I don't love my wife. Period. Come on. We got to get a hold of this stuff. The agape love that's unconditional. Watch this. The spirit will produce joy. Joy isn't happiness because happiness is a feeling and feelings are fickle and, and feelings leave. Joy is a state of being. Come on. So, so, the, so the spirit of God produces love. It produces agape. And then it produces joy, which is a state of being. The Holy Spirit can produce peace in your life. Come on, somebody. Peace that surpasses all understanding. And the world around you can be watching you go through the biggest storm in your life or walk, watch uh, all hell breaking loose in your life. But you have a peace and you have a calm about yourself that only the Holy Spirit of God can produce. And what the Spirit of God can produce, that's what the spirit can produce the holy spirit can give you patience come on somebody come on we live in a microwave generation but we serve a crock pot god y'all heard me say that before come on you usually don't sow a seed and then reap the harvest the next day that's the way of the kingdom you sow seed one day and you reap a harvest later it's going to take patience to partake in the kingdom of god we're going to have to get over all this microwave stuff. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit produces kindness. Let me repeat that again. The Holy Spirit produces kindness. Some of y'all mean. <laughs> but we need to be kind. We, we, we need to be kind. That's what God has called us to. Trust me, y'all. I, I ain't beating you up because I'm still working on this one too. Come on. The pastor that led me to the Lord, he would talk about this all the time. He'd say, sometimes I just feel the spirit of slap coming on me. Because <laughs> people crazy, y'all. But you're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to be kind. That's a spirit, all right, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. Come on. We can't be slapping folks. The Spirit wants to produce goodness and virtue in us. I think that could also be translated as integrity. Goodness, virtue, integrity. Come on, the Holy Spirit of God gives you the power to do what's good. The Holy Spirit of God gives you the power to do what's good when nobody's looking. Come on. We, we, we need integrity and the goodness and the virtue of God to hit our heart, soul, and mind so that we can do what's right when nobody's in the room looking. Why? Because if you're really carrying the Holy Spirit, he's with you. He sees it all. Come on. The Spirit of God produces meekness and humility. Come on. The grace of God has called us to put pride and arrogance to the side. Come on. You don't got it. Let me help you. Today. You don't got it all figured out. And neither do I. Neither do I. Let me join in with you. We, we don't have it all figured out. We need to put pride and arrogance to the side and walk in meekness. That's what the fruit of the Holy Spirit will produce in your life. Meekness, meaning humility. The Holy Spirit will also bring about gentleness. Watch this. This is a great one, and it's missing from the church sometime. Paul writes in the very next chapter, Galatians 6, when a brother or sister is caught up in sin, you who are spiritual, meaning mature, go and restore that individual in gentleness. We need gentleness to hit the church of Jesus Christ once again. When our brother and sister is caught up in a mess, when our brother and sister are caught up in sin, the Bible says those of you who are spiritual, meaning mature, Go and restore them in gentleness. 
You know what that looks like, brother? Look, I love you, and I love you enough to tell you that you're missing the mark here. That's what sin means. You're missing the mark. You're, you're missing it here. But I love you enough to come and tell you, even if you would get mad at me, but you're not going to get mad at me because I'm going to come to you with so much love and so much gentleness and restore you and call you higher. That's what the church got to get back to. Galatians 6, it's a command. Watch this, and here's one of my favorite. The Holy Spirit produces self-control. The Holy Spirit produces self-control. Touch your neighbor, tell him to wake up and get a hold of this one. Self-control. Come on, this is, this is what I'm talking The grace of God produces self-control. The Holy Spirit produces self-control. You don't have to have that drink. Come on, somebody. You can be free from the nicotine and cigarettes. Come on, somebody. You can control your sexual energy. Hey, I'm one of them real preachers. Remember, come on, somebody. You have self-control when you are engaging with the Holy Spirit. You have control. You can control your tongue. Watch this one. You can control your finances. Oh, that one better hit the church. We, we need help with that. The, the self-control. Self, you ain't got to buy everything at the mall. Help me, Lord. This is Kelsey. Kelsey on me on that one. Come on. We all are work in progress. We, we all are work in progress. But see, this is where your pastor's meeting you in the middle right here. Like, we can, we can do this, though. The Holy Spirit can produce self-control. The Holy Spirit can produce self-control in our eating habits. Come on, somebody. The whole self-control. We got this. We can do this. Why? Because you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You ain't got no excuses. You got the Holy Ghost. Come on. We can do this. We can do this. You can control your flesh because you have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit bethebushministries.com or miriamhouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.